Hello. So good to see you all. Wait, I'm stuck over here. Oh, and there's a phone. Oh, you got me all messed up, Grammy Tam. Okay. No, okay. I love that woman. Do you know right there, that one? I was just thinking about, um, and you'll hear my story, but um, just about one of my favorite stories about Tam. I know it's not about you, Tam, but I, I was going to say this at your funeral, but I thought maybe I'll just do it now. Because you all should know while she's here cause that how amazing she is. But one of my favorite stories is um, Ed and Tammy in my, what? My glasses. Oh, we're glasses. They're good. Thank you. Um, that I had, you'll hear a little bit about my childhood. It was very traumatic and a lot of abuse. But the Lord brought Ed and Tammy into my life when I was in um, seventh grade. I was invited to ACAC, and they were the youth pastors. And they saw that I was one of the at-risk kids. I had no real uh, parental support. So they just really took me in and um, brought me into their house and discipled me and loved me, um, and like their very own. And it really did changed my life in so many ways. But one of my favorite stories is uh, when I was in, see, because I'll cry, but I'm going to try not to. Um, I think I was in junior, I was a junior in high school. So you go into the prom, right? And I lived with my dad and had, like, he had a lot of issues. He was in and out. He really wasn't present in my life. And I was going to the, someone asked me the prom. I had no money to get a dress or anything. And so, um, Somebody at school was like, hey, you could wear one of my dresses. So I was like, all right, cool. So I got this dress, and I was supposed to sing at the prom, too. And I remember Tammy came to pick me up that one night for something, and I was like, hey, I'm going to the prom. And she said, well, let me see your dress. So I brought out this, like, ratty dress that somebody had given me. And she looked at it. She's like, hmm, that just doesn't look like you. And I'm like, and I'm thinking, crazy woman, when you're poor and you don't have resources, it doesn't matter if it looks like me. This is what I'm wearing. And so uh, that, very, that week she called. She goes, yeah, me and Ed were talking. We want to take you out and get you a prom dress. And so, so I know, seriously, I was, I, it's, it's a great story. So the, Tam picked me up, and we went to Carlisle's and went to the basement. And she had arranged for me to go and um, just pick out any dress that I wanted. And um, so I was like, okay. And I got the gaudiest dress. I didn't know what I was doing. It was horrible. It was horrible. But you loved it. This sleeve, if I had a picture, I'm telling you, the sleeves were out to here. But back then, the 90s, it was cool, right? So I'm like, wow. And then she's like, okay, now we need to get some shoes. I'm like, are you kidding me? And they didn't have money back then. So um, are you kidding me? So we go to the shoe place. And I'm like, okay, I guess these shoes. Because again, I didn't know what I was doing. And then she's like, well, now we have to dye them to match your dress. So then she had, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. Okay. And then she's like, now we need to get jewelry. So we went to the next store and got jewelry. And just as this was happening, something in me was, cha- was changing. Like extravagant love changes you. And God's extravagant love changes us, but her extravagant love changed me. So anyways, I just, it's my, one of my favorite stories. And I didn't want to wait till her funeral to tell her that, tell that. <laughs> So thank you for that. Anyways, as we're talking about um, just our destiny and our purpose and, and how do we get there, um, I think one of our, the biggest issues that we face, I'm a therapist now, so um, is that, it, like Tim was saying, is God good? Is he good? Because I've counseled thousands of people. I've done hundreds of inner healing things. And there's two places that all, it's, all issues come from this place. 
is God good and who am I? Who is God and who am I? And if you could get those places settled, you know, we're, we're good. But when we don't know that, when we actually question that and we look at our circumstances and our situations to, decide, to determine if God's good, we get all messed up. And it's, it's, I feel like it's the enemy's greatest tool to, to keep us from, from accomplishing our purposes, to, to mess with us and lie to us. Like Tam said, he comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And he'll do it through circumstances, people. He'll lie to us. Um, and so I just also feel like um, in our, when we're talking about what's our purpose, a lot of times we get messed up thinking, um, I don't know. I, what, is in, what are they doing? God always says, what's in your hand? When we're talking about what is in your hand, he asks us that. He doesn't say what's in their hand or what's in their hand. He says what's in your hand. And what's in all of our hand is our power of our stories, the power of our testimony. The Bible says we will overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And so I'm going to share my testimony with you. But just as I'm saying that to you, I feel like the enemy loves to also keep us in shame and keep us in hiding and some really horrible things happen in our lives that people have done to us and also horrible things we do. And we, we think, oh, we can't share that. We can't talk about that, the shame. And the enemy loves that. He's like, yes. But when we start sharing what's in our hand, our stories, when we start saying, this happened to me and this is what I've walked through and this is where I'm at, it totally, the enemy has no footing. It just, it takes him out. Because what happens, what he tried to destroy you with and destroy me with becomes a sword that we destroy him with when we get into touch with the power of our story, unleashing the shame, saying, okay, yeah, here it is. God is bigger than that. And I feel like God wants to show all of us that he's good in every situation. Um, and so that's my heart for tonight. But So my testimony, what's in my hand, is when I was a year old, my dad left my mom for another man. So this was in the late 70s, and um, she didn't know the Lord. She had three little girls. She had a really broken background, too, and really no support. And so um, he left, and she, you know, back then there wasn't Oprah or Dr. Phil or, you know, homosexuality was not talked about. The shame and the guilt was overwhelming. And so she started drinking very regularly. And so, you know, just most of my childhood memories are just filled with trauma. I just remember, I'll see just snippets. I forgot a lot of stuff, thank God, but a lot of what I remember is coming home and finding her passed out and thinking she was dead. Or I have a memory of her driving the car and um, I was in preschool and she crashed and I just got out on the highway and was walking until some lovely cowboys, we were in Wyoming, picked me up. And I always say, I still have a thing for cowboys because... You know, whatever. So anyways, um, so by the time I was eight, I was in five different foster homes. And um, we had moved to California about the time I was six or seven. And my mom had met her third husband. And it was her knight in shining armor. He, you know, just had money. He seemed to love her. We were in a foster home at that point. And um, so the courts returned us back to her care and to his care. And shortly after that, he began sexually abusing me and my sister for over a year. And so that went on. And when that came out, we were put back into another foster home. And you know, by that time, my dad, who lived in Pittsburgh, I had never met, um, had heard what was going on and came and fought for our custody. 
And I just remember being in the courtroom and um, the judge there, my mom was there, her husband who was going to jail for some time for the abuse was there. And I'll never forget when the judge said, you can choose to stay with him or have your kids, but you can't have both. And I'll never forget when she chose him. And so there's just all these wounds. There's all these things that the enemy just wanted to take me out with all that. And so that was devastating. We moved to Pittsburgh. And in my mind, I think I was eight or nine. And I thought, okay, finally, I'll be normal. Finally. I've just always wanted stability. I just wanted to be normal. I didn't want to to be this person. And so I thought, finally, I'm going to be normal. But when we moved here, um, quickly found out that my dad had a drug addiction and a sexual addiction. And so life under his roof was not as bad, but he was out partying and doing his own thing, had men in and out of our house all the time. And so that became a bit of a prison as well. And so in spite of that, God is good. God is good because through all of that, he was using, I just remember the first time I experienced the presence of God was at a foster home and they took me to church. And as the people were worshiping, I'm a worship leader. I love worship because I know the power of it. But as they were worshiping and I was a little girl in that presence, God spoke to me. I knew that I was loved. I knew that I was going to be okay um, just by his spirit. And then he always just brought people into my life to show me love and to show me his, his kindness and his goodness. And um, like I said, in seventh grade, I, I had come to know the Lord in the foster home, but I was wanted so badly to go to church. And my sister, who would take me, had moved out of, t- out of town. And my dad was totally anti-Christian. He was a Jehovah's Witness on holidays and birthdays. But that was it. That's about the extent of his religion. So I knew he wouldn't take me to church. And, um, but, and I was praying in seventh grade and just said, God, I just want to be in church. It was a Sunday. I want to be in church. And um, that very week, a new girl came to our school and she asked me to church. And I was like, I, yes, I want to go to church, but I can't get there. And she said, well, my mom will take you. And so Sue Pucci, who's going to have a huge crown in heaven, went to ACAC, started taking me to ACAC. She picked me up every Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night and brought me to church where I got discipled, where I met Ed and Tam and, and my life was changed. And so God is faithful through all of that, and he has been. But, you know, even though that was happening and I knew I was being discipled and, and I knew who God was and God in the word, um, and I would tell people who God was and knew God. I knew I was loved. I knew here God loves me. He never leaves me. He never forsakes me. Um, but something would happen, you know, when I'd go home, when, I, when, when it was just me and God, that there was a deep sadness. Still, and this was just a few years ago, that when all was quiet, there was this deep abandonment here, this place that I lived. Because here I knew God loved me. I would tell you. I'd preach it. I'd say it. But when it was all silent out of this place, I was alone. I felt abandoned. I felt darkness. And so it was a few years ago through a time of inner healing, a time of prayer that um, I, that came up that the, as we're, we're praying through some things um, and we're asking God, okay, what's a lie I'm believing? And God showed me, you're believing the lie that I left you, that I was not with you. And, and it, he took me back to my worst day my worst day, 
um, when I was being abused. This is, as I was praying, God was showing me this, that, because in my mind, I, I was a mom by then, and I thought, okay, God, you love me, you never leave me or forsake me, but how can you watch that and not move heaven and earth to save me? How could you watch that and not be there? Like, here I knew you never leave me or forsake me, but here, where were you? Like, where, were, where I lived, the place I lived, where were you? How can you be good and not save me? And so, you know, I, I didn't even know I was living in that place till I asked the Holy Spirit to reveal it. And he showed, he revealed it. I'm like, okay, yeah, here, <laughs> there it is. There's the root. Um, so we were just praying and asking God, Okay, God, you say you're good. Where were you? I was asking, God, where were you? Where were you? And through a time of forgiveness and praying, he showed me where he was. He showed me where he was in that. Because here's the thing, the other thing. It's really hard to believe that God is good on your best day if you don't know he was good on your worst day. And so in that worst place, he showed me where he was. And I'll just share with you where he was. Uh, I was praying, and I got a picture even of the room, and I got a picture. I could see the whole situation, and I saw God, and he was on the cross. He was in that place, and he was on the cross, and he was dying for that. He, was, he didn't leave me. He, he was watching, and he was feeling, and he was bleeding. I saw his hands. I saw his feet, and they were bleeding, and I saw the crown of thorns, and I saw him weeping for that situation, and I got this picture, and I, I don't make this, I couldn't make this up. The picture that God spoke to me is, it is by my wounds that you are healed. And I died for that, and I was there, and I took that upon me for your freedom, for your healing. And that day changed everything for me. Because here's the thing about the enemy. He wants to kill, steal, and destroy. He uses everything. And a lot of times it's in our formative years through relationships, through mothers, fathers, brokenness, that the enemy gets in there and he lies to us and we believe lies. And then we live out of these places. I was living out of a place of abandonment. I didn't know that. If you had asked me, are you abandoned? <laughs> Do you feel abandoned? No, God's with me. I know he's here. What? But he showed me you were living. We have these glasses on. I was living out of a place of abandonment and he wanted to heal me of that. And I just feel like that's who God is that he's, he really, really is good. And if we could really understand that and, and understand that that's how we get to our destiny, regardless of what's happened to us, regardless of what will happen to us, we know that God is true and he is good. And so tonight we just wanted, we know that the Holy Spirit is here. We know that God paid for all of it. He didn't just pay for our salvation when we die. He paid for our healing now. He paid for our emotional healing now. He paid for it all. It's by his stripes that we are healed, and he's here tonight. And so we just wanted to take the last few minutes together to ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to us, are there any lies that we're believing, and just really see what's the truth, God, because we know he has the truth. We know he really is good. He really is faithful. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us, and he uses it all for our good. He will turn it around for our good. That's who he is. But it's one thing to know it here. It's another thing to experience it here. And so, so we're going to just do that tonight, just a real simple exercise. And um, 
through prayer. So, Holy Spirit, we just, first of all, we just honor your presence in this place. We thank you that you are here with us. God, we thank you that you are good. You are good and you are faithful. We thank you that you speak. Your Holy Spirit speaks to us. And that we can trust that you will sanctify our minds, that we will be able to hear you in these moments as you reveal what you want to reveal to us if we're, if we're believing lies. And so I just want you right now just to ask God. Say, God, is there, are there any lies I'm believing about you? Are there any lies I'm believing about myself? Just listen. And listen, don't question it. If he shows you something, so often we, we just, oh, that wasn't God. That's just my mind. But the Holy Spirit, he can speak. And we just ask him to sanctify your mind. So listen to him. He wants to speak to you. God, are there any lies of believing about you, about me? Just reveal it. And so we just... Thank you for speaking. And then if you'll just repeat this in your heart after me. I repent of believing the lie. And I command that lie and everything ungodly attached to it to go now in the name of Jesus. Now I just want you to ask God, God, where did I first learn that lie? When did that lie creep into my heart or to my mind? Show me a memory. When was the first time that lie came in? Now, God, show me who do I need to forgive? Is it a father? Is it a mother? Is it yourself? And here's something in that sometimes it's I have to forgive God. And it's not saying that God isn't perfect because he is. But sometimes we have an idea of how things should go down. And when they don't go that way, we take offense. So we're not saying God isn't perfect. We're saying sometimes we just need to release. It didn't work out the way I wanted it to. So just ask God, who do I need to forgive? And here's the other thing. Forgiveness isn't saying it's okay. Forgiveness is releasing. It's saying, I'm not going to take that into my spirit. I'm releasing this person. I'm releasing it to God. It's not justifying. Sometimes you have to forgive and call the police. Sometimes you have to forgive and not see that person again. Forgiveness is not the same thing as restoration. Forgiveness is not allowing that sin to become your sin. It's releasing it. Who do I need to forgive, God? Now I just want you to pray a prayer blessing over that person or if it's yourself over yourself. Just even if they're not here anymore, 
could pray a prayer of blessing over their memory. Just a, a real simple prayer of blessing that person. And if you can just repeat this after me, with the authority that Jesus gives me, with the authority that Jesus gives me, I command all ungodly spirits that gain access into my life through this relationship to go now in the name of Jesus. I have forgiven and blessed and you have no right in my life. And I renounce the lie that you, Father God, would ever do anything to harm me. And so I take all these lies and I hand them to you, Jesus. And if you could just even picture what, we, what, you just, what he just showed you, the lies the hurt, just picture them in your hands and just picture Jesus here and just hand him all that, all the lies, all the hurt, all the pain, hand it to him. And I want you just to ask Jesus, what do you have in replace of these lies for me? And listen, he will show you. So if you just put your hand on your heart. I receive your truth, God. That you are my perfect father. That you never leave me. You never forsake me. You are always there for me. And that you are good, God. Thank you, Jesus. 